Um, before they get before they get up here, I just want to no, sorry, come on up. Sorry, my bad. Uh, I just want to say that um, yeah, I'll five you. There you go. <laughs> um, we couldn't have gone and we couldn't have done what we did without the prayer support that we had from from people here. So thank you for um, the support. It was noticed. It was appreciated. Um, and yeah, we we couldn't have we couldn't have done what what we did without the the prayer support. And just because you guys weren't in country with us, that doesn't mean that you weren't part of the part of the team. And that, that doesn't mean that you weren't just as much involved in this trip as as we were. Um, so you guys get to hear from these five, and I think we're out of here at 11:50. Is that right? So just to keep that in mind, who's starting? Um, okay, so you can probably go to the next picture too. I just wanted to show you guys some of these pictures because they're pertinent to my point. Um, so basically what happened was we stayed in a place um, in Kumayago, which is like a city, and then every day we drove into these mountains. And I just wanted to give you guys a picture of what it was like to um, to see how we would drive up into the middle of nowhere. Okay, you can probably stop now. These are not pertinent anymore. <laughs> um, but we would we would drive up, and then you would see buildings just nestled in the middle of these mountains, and just in the middle of nowhere. Um, and so I'm going to read. Sorry. I'm going to read from Daniel real fast. Um, okay, so I didn't actually remember what verse it was, but anyways, the point of the verse, <laughs> sorry, I put this together this morning, so, but anyways, what was going through my mind when we were, like, in these mountains and seeing all this was these verses that are talking about every tribe and every nation will one day, um, praise Jesus' name, whether they like it or not, um, and so it was amazing to, to drive up here, step out in the middle of nowhere, just, like, surrounded by these mountains, and see people and hear people worshiping the Lord in a language that we don't know, and that, um, you know, I probably never will know, um, and people who are so disconnected from, you know, Western evangelicalism as we know it, but they're still praising the Lord, and his name will be praised um, in, by every tribe and every nation, um, and so to me, that was the most incredible thing, um, was being in the middle of nowhere and hearing people praise his name, so yeah, I don't know who's next. Okay, I am going to talk about children. Um, <laughs> if you know me, you know that I love kids. I, uh, I don't think I could ever eat a whole one in one sitting, though. <laughs> I kid. Um, so there should, be, there should be some photos of some of the kids there. There are literally kids falling out of every crevice and orifice of the mountains there. They're just everywhere. You just, you just turn around, and there's this pile of kids staring at you. Um, and they're... Um, yeah, so over the course of the week, we had two days where we did VBS, and we had two days where we did work projects. And on the two days with VBS, obviously, we did it with kids. They um, kind of mobbed all of us and tickled us to the ground. Um, and uh, when, I, when I went there, I kind of had like this idea that, like I don't know, people in Honduras are really different from people here. And um, in the first day of VBS, I was um, teaching the kids stories from the Bible. So first day was creation and the second day was about, um, was about 
the two spies. And during the creation um, story, I was explaining to the kids how God created them um, so that he could know them and explaining to them how the way that we know God is through Jesus. And then I ask, I ask these little guys a question, and one of them pipes up and rambles something off in Spanish, and obviously I can't understand it. Um, and so I asked my translator, what did he, what did he say? And uh, she's like, he said that there is a man outside who sells popsicles because it's hot. <laughs> kids down there don't pay attention just like kids up here. <laughs> um, I, think, I think the biggest thing about all the kids there, oh, yep, that's a group of kids that I just walked up to and talked to. The little guy right there on the, your left, he cried when I tried to talk to him. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, the thing that stood out to me is these kids just had immense joy, and they didn't really have anything. There were like 13-year-olds that are, you know, this tall because they don't have enough, enough food to grow big and strong like me. Um, <laughs> but they all, had, they all had tons and tons of joy. Um, and I mean, that was true of the parents too. But yeah, the, the, there were just kids everywhere and it was awesome. I, th I think that's all I've got. Yeah, just hitting on that, the kids were um, pretty sweet. I got to lead um, uh, Frisbee. We stood in a circle and threw a Frisbee back and forth for like a half an hour, and they were just loving it, like could probably do it all night. And we passed out fr uh, Frisbees at the end of that too, and it was, it was sweet. Just simple things like that that brought them joy was pretty cool to see. But I'm going to talk about the kind of the work aspect of it. Um, starting with that picture, that's a good one. That's what we call a latrine. It's... Um, an outhouse, basically. Um, a little fancier, though, there's a, a toilet in there that's set in cement. Um, it's not going anywhere. And basically, to flush, you just bring, <laughs> bring a big cup of water and dump it down the toilet, and it flushes. It's pretty... <laughs> Matthew's <laughs> demonstrating there. Takes a considerable amount of effort, apparently. But... Uh, no, those were, those were good. I think the deal is that the locals have to dig a pit. They got to dig a pit, and... Uh, Eli Dante comes in to uh, bring the latrine, and the pits were incredible. They were probably three feet wide and anywhere from 10 to 18 feet deep, just perfect holes straight down, looked like a cookie cutter, and it was pretty impressive because it was like, you know, shovel and bucket, and that's how they dug those holes. But um, yeah, the latrines, uh, usually would just, they assembled them there at Eli Dante, and we would take them out of the pickup and haul them up the mountain and install them. Um, let's see here. Cement work, we did a lot of that too. Um, I think there was one main project, uh, just putting cement in a guy's house, in a family's house. It was kind of uh, two separate families, and I think um, the dad of that family, remind me if I'm wrong, um, was disabled, lived in a wheelchair, so um, good flooring made a huge difference for him, and we did that out to the latrine as well so he could have access to that. So it was cool to see. I mean, little little things like that helped them um, significantly. Um, that's that's Easton and I there painting. Uh, that was a large time as well. Um, really, really enjoyed it. Got to work with uh, some of the leaders at LA Dante, and yeah, it was, it was sweet. Um, kind of the last thing we did, um, besides the Adobe houses, I, I didn't do any of that, so... Um, ask somebody who did, because I have no idea. But the water filters, that was, I think, 
Thursday. So getting getting towards the end of the week, and that was our furthest drive up in the mountains. It was probably two hours or so up in the mountains. Um, really pretty, super rainy. Didn't wear a raincoat and got drenched and was freezing cold, but it was it was really sweet because, I mean, you'd go to these families, no clean water for their whole life. They've never drank clean water. Well, I'm sure they have at some point, but typically aren't drinking clean water, and you leave, you know, an hour later, and they have clean water. So, I mean, that was that was pretty sweet, but the biggest thing with the work projects is, and it's kind of L.A. Dante's um, method, I guess, of reaching the people. Is it's it's the door to get the gospel to them. That's basically just the initiator to um, start the relationship, and they have every in intention of keeping those relationships. It's not a one-and-done thing um, to just go reach these people out in the boonies and then never see them again. It's, you know, hopefully to get them to L.A. Adante, L.A. Adante, to get them in a church. You know, that's that's the goal, and, you know, lives change for Jesus is the goal, and it was it was very clear. It was very clear that um, the staff members were doing that throughout the week, and I think that's the part that impacted me the most, was seeing that and seeing that that can be done here, too. It's not, you know, it's not so much a passion for overseas missions. It's a passion for, you know, the lost, the people who need the gospel. And just seeing that that work can be done here just as well as there um, was pretty sweet. Um, before I pass the mic, that is the love tree or tree of love. Um, is Rachel here? She she knows a thing or two about the tree. I'm not going to say a whole lot about it, but... um. Yeah, if you if you're if you're wondering, she yeah. She had a great experience with that tree, so um yeah, I'll pass it off. All right. So, I'm just going to talk a little bit about the church up there. Um and so um mainly about the church in the little town up in the mountains where we did um like VBS and stuff. And I don't think we have a picture of that. Um, oh, there we go, right there. Um, and so just the building itself, it's just like a cement structure with a roof, dirt ground, like, you know, plastic chairs. Um, and it's just crazy seeing, like, how much you can tell that the people there actually, like, they want to be there, even though it's not like our church is here in a nice building, usually pretty comfy chairs <laughs> um and like still some days like a lot of people wake up and they're like oh I have to go to church today um but the people in these towns like they they want to go um and especially like you can tell um that during like um worship time um because I mean here you know we do our three songs that are like three to four minutes each and then we're done um but we spent, I don't even know how long singing. Like, there were certain songs, I mean, they weren't even in the language that we spoke, and by the end of it, we were, like, singing along to it. Like, that's how many times it was repeated. <laughs> and, like, yeah, yeah, seriously. And it's just, like, crazy, because you can tell, like, how passionate they are about it. And, um, like, they don't, they don't get bored of it. Like, which sounds terrible that we usually do, but they just don't. And, like, and, I mean, they don't have lyrics up or anything. They don't have a nice, fancy band. It's just one, like, the pastor up there singing. 
and like leading them and they just like they know the words and like actually you can tell that they fully understand it too um which is really cool um but yeah i think that's it <laughs> hi okay um <laughs> so um, just along lines with that, I'm talking about specifically talking to the families. So when we went to go and work in specific areas, um, El Udante has this really great thing of building relationships, so making sure that you talk to the families. Um, I had a couple experiences with them. You can talk to any member on the team, really, um, and they'll probably have some different ones, so I'm just going to share mine. Um, one of the first ones is we went to go and build a latrine for this family with, like, I want to say five kids, but kids kept them like coming out from nowhere, so there was like probably seven or ten towards the end of it. Um, and uh, so me and Brittany went to go and talk to the family, and we just ended up playing Duck Duck Goose with the kids. Um, and then after a while, the translator left, and you can ask anybody. I'm terrible at Spanish; like, it's really embarrassing. <laughs> um, so like, I'm trying to like fumble my way through, and like, ¿Cómo se dice in you know español? And like, pointing at random objects, and then like, telling them what it is in English, and they're just laughing hysterically because like, you're saying it terribly. Because <laughs> like, like, they say it to you really quickly in their little voices. Yeah, um, I played cat cat goose instead of duck duck goose. Like, there was a lot of things. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yep, yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> told them my favorite color was lunch. It's, it's like, it's great. <laughs> uh, there is definitely a language barrier, which, you know, so that's fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I remember when the translator left, I looked around and I was like, oh no, like, what are you going to do now? Like, <laughs> you have literally nothing, Taylor. <laughs> so just kind of like bonding with them and um, showing them like just some like cool little things that you learn like in third grade or something, you know, like a uh, little like patty cakes and different things. So that was fun. Um, the next time that I talked to a with a family, we went up and we did water filters. So it was like Thursday. And um, it was me, Luke and Corey and Isabel, one of the translators who were talking to this one guy. Um, this was probably like one of my favorite times talking because there was actually like communication, more communication going on. Um, and I'm going to give Corey credit for this. If I'm wrong, he'll yell at me. Um, I'm pretty sure he was the one like asking really great pointed questions, you know, like, like um, I'm totally spacing on one of them, but just like, you know, what does it mean to be a Christian and different things, you know, like really leading towards a gospel presentation. And I remember his response to one of them was just kind of like, um, you know, like to be a Christian is to carry around a Bible and do good things and just kind of seeing that. And I remember it got kind of quiet and I was like, well, I can speak to this. Like, I was such a Pharisee when I was little. Like, I did that, and I wasn't saved. Like, <laughs> so I was like, I, I can do this. Like, I can share, like, how terrible I was at that. And so, you know, like, I'm going on and, like, sharing about how I was doing good things, but I really wasn't a good person and, like, deep-rooted sin and trying to, like, lead to a gospel presentation. And then all of a sudden, he, like, left. And I was like, what? <laughs> um, they had gotten the water filter done, and I was like, I didn't even get to the end of that. Like, like I was so excited, you know, like, and uh, I remember we got to pray with the family after each time was done. And um, Corey asked to pray, and he, like, brought the whole gospel presentation kind of back in. And it was really cool just to see, like, um, in between Luke and Corey, mostly them, um, just, like, like how, you know, like, focused they were on sharing the gospel and building relationships. And um, the people there at Elizante are super great with relationships. Like, some guy goes around and checks the water filter, like, once a week. And that's, like, two hours up a mountain. And they're just so committed to their job and building community. And it's just a super great organization. Um, that was something that was really encouraging, just see how, like, 
focused they were on, you know, like I think their mission statement is to build communities and they do that. And that's really all I have. Um, if anyone else wants to say anything, I don't know what time it is. Eight minutes. Okay, yep. We'll just um, one thing that I think would be cool for the people at the school to hear um, is that all throughout the week, the something that I noticed a lot was how much MBC prepares us for missions. Um, because a lot of the things that I was thinking through, I probably never would have thought through um, had I not gone through the classes here and had I not been um, had I not been taught um, a right perspective. And there were things that happened um, that were kind of shocking culturally. <laughs> um, one of them was like women just openly fed their babies. Um, in public and it was like and so one day we were just kind of sitting there doing VBS and a woman just starts breastfeeding over here and poor Luke was like sitting in the corner and I was like oh no like Luke's gonna freak out and make some kind of scene and but he didn't and he understood like we had to talk about it and he understood that like by by talking in classes about how you know our culture is not the right culture per se and how because they do things differently it's not necessarily wrong it's just different because we understand that we were able to to better interact with a culture where things are wildly different and not have a perspective of like this is wrong and inappropriate and you shouldn't do this like go hide yourself instead we <laughs> instead we understood like this is how they do things and it's not necessarily wrong and it's not necessarily right and and how to um, interact with people that was just it so anyways the point being it was incredible to see how prepared NBC makes their students to go um, into the mission field Okay, so at the end of every night, we had, under the love tree, um, a time of bonding where we all, anyway. <laughs> um, and Corey would play a, a song or two and we'd sing and then um, we'd do some sort of like sharing slash devotional thing and about halfway through the week, um, there were a couple, two little choruses that, um, we started singing. They're from, they're from uh, Camp Utmost. If you've ever worked there, um, let's sing them. Everybody, go ahead and stand up. We've got a couple, couple extra minutes. Um, the first one is the chorus from, from an old hymn. It's uh, "Thank You, Lord." So if you know it, sing it. If you don't, try anyway. The second one is a chorus that some guy wrote at some point in time, and nobody knows it. Um, you don't know that one. Sing it anyway. Um, if you were on the mission team, really help me out here. Okay, so the first one. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me. Thy great salvation, so rich and free. Lord, lay some soul upon my heart and love that soul through me. And may I humbly do my part 
to win that soul for thee. Um, we sang those two choruses every night because the first one, um, there is no missions if there is no salvation for us. Um, the reason we, we go to Honduras to, to help those missionaries and the reason the missionaries are there is to uh, share the hope that we already have. Um, and you really can't share that hope if you're not thankful for it. And then the second one is um, just recognizing that we're a really small piece of God's plan. You know, God is ultimately the one spreading his kingdom, and it's a, a blessing to be used by him um, to love people in the process of him bringing them to him. Um, Jack, you want to go ahead and close us in prayer? Or Danny, or how are we, how are we doing this? Friends, you guys should stay up here for a sec. I had a, uh, just a couple thoughts. You can sit down, I guess. It'll take me 20, 20 or 30 seconds. Last time we had students come up and share um, was in September about the dino dig, and I just wanted to remind everybody that during that chapel, Rick cried, and uh, it, it was amazing. Sorry, Rick, I just wanted to draw attention to that. I was kind of hoping that something like that would happen again. Instead, we saw that picture of Matthew Mycroft. Um, but... It, it, don't go to that picture, by the way, Ryan. But uh, at, at least now, every every time, <laughs> every, okay, good. Every time uh, we hear the the phrase "the love tree," we'll all look at Rachel from now on as a school. <laughs> love tree is the cue for looking at Rachel. Okay. <clears throat> no, let's pray together. <clears throat> Father, seeing these pictures. Uh, really a, a snapshot of the way that you use us uh, and that you use the students here, uh, really the, the way that you use your church is so exciting. Lord, uh, I can't help but think of Second uh, Corinthians 5, that one died for all so that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised. Father, we as a group uh, right now echo that in our hearts that our lives are yours. Lord, we see foreign contexts uh, in those pictures, and my heart just jumps. Uh, I hope that everybody here would say, Lord, send me. Use me, Lord. And so we pray that as a group here, as part of the body of Christ, uh, that we are yours, and our lives are dispensable for your purposes. Uh, so we pray, Father, that you would use us, that you would use us for your glory and for the... Uh, for the sake of the gospel, to win people's souls uh, to salvation and, uh, and, and ultimately uh, to, to continue to, to live for you and to spread the church. Lord, we, at the end of the semester, we say that all together in Jesus' name. Amen.